This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Hello, this week we are recapping all of the first half of season two of Gilmore Girls. We have reviewed all of these episodes closely, but now we're going to reflect on the first half of the season as a whole. A lot of the major, you know, storylines, characters, things like that, and also some fun and random hypothetical questions that will be fun, like I said. (laughs) Sounds sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) So please um, rate and review us in the meantime, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. The TikTok is really blowing up, so you don't want to miss it. And don't forget, you can email us your thoughts and your gazebo moments at TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you like any of the questions we have toward the end of the episode, feel free to reach out to us with your own answers, too. Maybe you can share them somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And after this um, mid-season recap, we're going to take a couple weeks off um, just to, you know, have a bit of a summer <laughs> well that's so nice. <laughs> yeah so we'll be back with our next episode on july 26th and finish up season two which i vaguely remember some of the things that happened in the second half and it's gonna be a lot <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to it and i've resisted looking up episode summaries i'm just going full forward with my fuzzy fuzzy memory <laughs> Okay, so hopping into our the first half of season two, what were some of the like main storylines that we've kind of been tracking or mm-hmm. events that have happened? I think the obvious one is the arrival of Jess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which like... Finally. <laughs> I know. I just remember we were looking forward to it so much and it took longer than I remembered into season two, but... Once it happened, it was so fun. And I just feel like regardless of, I think we've both made clear we feel fairly Team Jess, you know, alignment. But um, regardless of that, it was just a breath of fresh air, I think, to introduce Mm -hmm. a new character. Um, Just the way, I think it just kind of livened up the the first half of the season once he was there. Yeah, we've had Rory with her purely innocent and puppy love type relationship with Dean and it was starting to get so boring I mean I think we were bored with it from the start because we aren't huge teen fans obviously but yeah having Jess in there is gonna liven things up and thankfully we got rid of Tristan Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, he was yeah he was our I guess Jess of season one just done terribly yeah I keep forgetting that, like, on the love storylines that we started out this season with Lorelai still engaged to Max. I know. <laughs> that seems, like, so long ago. 
Yeah. And like now it's just a distant memory. Like nobody talks about Max really. I mean, when I was like writing down some notes for this episode, thinking about, you know, all of the first half as a whole, I looked back at like the first episode of the season and I was like, wait, that's when I think she said yes to Max. You know, like we had their whole engagement and then practically wedding in this season and it's like so gone <laughs> yeah I when we were starting this season we definitely said like this doesn't feel like the beginning of a season it seems like more of the finales of season one and yeah yeah that's how I remember it in my mind <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I mean the relationship of Lorelai's that has interested me the most this season and is like a storyline I've I've been tracking well we both probably have is her and Emily mm-hmm. uh, which was like I feel like one of the more nuanced storylines that they've been pulling through all of these episodes and it's almost like subtle and you might miss it <laughs> like how much their relationship is changing especially from season one um, just with like Lorelai going to hang out that one time and other things like that. Like, it certainly had its ups and downs, but I felt like that has been one of the things that has fascinated me the most this season. Yeah, they're, like, finding common ground way more. In the first season, really, they most of the time we had them interacting, they were fighting. Mm-hmm. And we have had, like, disagreements in season two, but I don't think we've really had any, like, full-blown don't talk to each other for weeks kind of fight yet there was the fight surrounding Lorelai not telling her about the engagement oh yeah that's true which I feel like (laughs) only was like a week of don't talk to me you know yeah um and they like repaired that in that episode and I almost think that was though the turning point where they have that conversation where I think Lorelai is like you don't maybe you don't realize how your words affect me like I they hurt me or something like that and I think we kind of saw that moving forward mm-hmm. yeah like when Emily refused to say anything after finding out that the engagement was broken off <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I still want to know what her present was <laughs> and I'm still convinced that it was that ice cream maker <laughs> mm-hmm. my I wrote down a question for a bit later, but I think it would be, if it's relevant now, I was like, one of my questions for you is like, in your mind, how do you think Max found out that the wedding was off? Because that's another mystery to me that we don't know, like we'll never know. But how do you think like within the context of the story, they would have told him? I don't know. I kind of feel like he would have shown up the day that they had left to hang out that day maybe stopped by Luke's when he couldn't find them at their house and in Luke's heard the news that the wedding was off oh my <laughs> just God. from like Miss Patty telling somebody or Kirk saying something or like Kirk coming up and saying yeah I'm sorry about the wedding being off or something that sounds accurate but also horrible <laughs> yeah I I would like to think that Lorelai would at least call him but yeah I I don't know yeah my guess would have been like a phone call and she would have tried to call at a time where she'd go straight to voicemail Mm -hmm. so she could leave a voicemail like maybe they were already on the road and Roy was like asleep or something I don't know 
But, and it would have been very, like, full circle moment since they spent so much time on the phone before. Yeah, that's you know. true. But, yeah, they um, basically had a long-distance relationship. <laughs> and he even was on the phone when he proposed, you know? He yeah. wasn't even there. Such a strange, yeah. strange Why would you have a thousand daisies delivered and then not actually be there to pop out of them yeah kirk was there michelle was there (laughs) max was not there (laughs) i kind of do wish like i know that in the end lorelei and luke are the best couple but i think if luke wasn't there or if something big happened i think max would be my first choice to end up with lorelei because i feel like they were actually really well suited to each other how do you see it going if they like if they did get married? How do you think that would have unfolded at that point in like both of their characters' lives? I don't at that point it probably would have gone so badly yeah. because of that whole conversation they had where Max was like what's my role in your life and Lorelai literally hadn't thought about it. Yeah. I feel like even if they hadn't had that conversation, but they had still gotten married, it would have come up and they would have both been bitter and annoyed with each other and mm-hmm. it just would have gone really badly. Yeah. I almost wonder if they would, if Luke was out of the picture, I like I agree with you though. I think of all of them to bring Max back and see if they would work again at a later point in their lives. Like what if it was she, go, she goes to like Max instead of Christopher and what is that season six or seven and they have like a marriage that may be short or maybe not I don't know that would have been Christopher can get so been there done that you know anytime he's brought back around to be like oh what's gonna happen now yeah (laughs) but we're to bring Max back would have really been kind of like a mic drop you don't really know how that's gonna go yeah seriously I feel like the only wild card with Christopher is just the whole Rory really wants her mom and dad to be together in the whole parent trap type of way. Mm -hmm. But Max would have been way better. Well, rest in peace, Max Medina. (laughs) I was actually sad to see you go, unlike Tristan. (laughs) Yeah, though you could use a bit more variety in your curriculum, just like Chilton at large. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Um, And... Speaking along the like lines of storylines and episodes, did you have a favorite episode this first half that is second to the Bracebridge dinner? Because oh. I think Man. we all know your number one is, of course, Bracebridge. But what about after that? Wow, now I really have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be the episode, I don't remember the title of it, but the one where um, Jess does the the phony murder is oh. that the ins and outs of ins yeah 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 That's i like think that would be eight or something eight or nine yeah and i liked that most i think just because of the like funny town dynamics that were happening mm-hmm. we also got to th- the dragonfly teased a bit more yeah definitely all that stuff what yeah. was yours I was thinking about the road trip to Harvard, which was episode four. It was just so delightful. And I'm pretty sure all, you know, all of the kind of conflict about Lorelai and Max comes ahead in season. I mean, the third episode, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the fourth one is almost like a little bubble episode where they go away 
And we've never left really Stars Hollow or like Hartford before and Harvard was fun and it was just so fun to kind of live within the world of all of their like hopes and dreams mm-hmm. <laughs> before like Lorelai starts to really hope for the inn at the end. Rory's like still dreaming about Harvard and her future and for that episode I could just pretend like <laughs> I could dream along with them and ignore what I know like what happened for Rory down the line and how her characterization will shift and ways that we don't always love and stuff like that so it's just like it's a nice little bubble of an episode I think I'm a sucker for a good college campus too like I just love them (laughs) yeah with the brick buildings Mm -hmm. the lawns and stuff yeah yeah all the lawns all the libraries yeah the sidewalks going not quite where you need to go (laughs) Our campus has a pretty nice big lawn, and sometimes I think about going to sit in it, but then I think about bugs, mm-hmm. and so I haven't really sat in it very much. <laughs> yeah, the one time I went out on the quad was when we had, I don't know if you're in the building, that gas leak. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we had to go out for like over an hour, I think, before they let us back in, so. Yeah. It was a nice There's not sunny much day, shade. No. Yeah. If there were more trees, then it would be really nice. Like, the Harvard lawn seemed to have enough trees to be shady. Mm Mm-hmm. And definitely the Yale ones that we see later on. Do they actually film at Yale later? Do you remember? I'm not sure. I want to say no for most of it, at least. Yeah, that's probably true. They show a lot, if I recall. A lot of, like, interior, like, dorm, classroom. They show that one courtyard a lot yeah. but I would guess that's just a set <laughs> yeah I guess the only like thing scene that I'm thinking of is when Rory becomes obsessed with that one tree that she's oh in. yeah <laughs> but that could be filmed anywhere <laughs> yeah that's a good that's like something again where I'm like I could see myself in Rory you know yeah <laughs> like that's my tree like that's where I get my reading done so it has to be there every day <laughs> yeah agreed <laughs> what's a, an episode from this first half that you would like if you had to take out one episode what which one would you leave off from this first half do you think yeah that's a good like you know revision like gotta cut down Hmm. (laughs) I think I wrote I think I wrote down the name of this oh yeah okay hammers and veils which is the second episode I think we talked about about that that at the time (laughs) where like it felt like the most second episode of a second episode that I've seen before Mm -hmm. you know it's just like so it doesn't live up to the first episode of the season which has all the hype you know and in this case episode three was really exciting too and I just felt like season I mean episode two was like the valley in between you know and it's like most of it was just about Rory wanting to do activities to get into Harvard Mm -hmm. Should Laura like tell Emily that she doesn't? It's just like the stakes weren't really that high. And there's just, I don't know, there's so many other better episodes this season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that one was like the ultimate filler episode. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> My first inclination was to pick um, one where Rory joins the Puffs, but I like the. <laughs> booster club stuff so much for that that I couldn't oh yeah I couldn't cut like mother (laughs) like daughter yeah (laughs) okay let's oh yeah I think 
if I were to cut one, it would be the debutante ball mm. episode. I just didn't really like the premise. I don't really like Christopher that much. <laughs> I did like, um, I mean, we get more information about Richard and Emily, which is good, but yeah. it's also sad information. <laughs> like, it's sad to see them fighting. Yeah. I just, I just don't like, I don't know. I just, it wasn't necessarily a terrible episode. I just feel like it could have been, the same things could have been achieved in other episodes. Yeah, that's a good point. And that was like the first one after Jess had arrived and he wasn't in mm-hmm. it at all, I don't think. Unless yeah. he was in, no, he was in there to do the shirt gimmick. Oh you yeah, know? that was great. Which was actually <laughs> great. But um, <laughs> it's almost like you expect him to be part of a storyline following his arrival, but no, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just like an episode of Dean being as boring as he possibly could. And Lorelai looking great, except for her lip gloss. Yeah, I think that was true. I think that episode was truly a vehicle for the Emily and Richard conflict Mm -hmm. and the Christopher update. Yet so much of it was spent on like just debutante getting ready. I feel like it was like, and now we're getting ready. Okay, this is another scene. Getting ready again. Like, so I get what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) On the same line of... um, taking out episodes if there was and we're just mixing in fun hypothetical questions at this point for any listener who's confused um one of the question I think you I think you wrote this question if you had to remove any town's person who would it be yeah this is a hard one yeah kicking out episodes and now characters it's hard because it's town person. When I read this mm-hmm. at first, my immediate thought was Tristan, but then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, he's not a town's person. Yeah. Well, I definitely couldn't take out Taylor because he's my problematic favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't, like, the, I think the town would fall apart without Kirk or maybe mm-hmm. because of Kirk, but <laughs> I think I'd take out Bootsy. Mm. He's just kind of a throwaway character. Like, he has some funny lines. Yeah. But he's not really... And he's not really in much after after this season, really. Like, he's not a staple, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I was thinking about Fran. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, get her out of the way so we can get the dragonfly. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly my thinking. It's like, no hard feelings, Fran, but... You've lived a good life, (laughs) and now we need the dragonfly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you get your wish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Fran. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Her cakes looked really good. Um, Before we get even deeper into the hypotheticals, because I I, I brainstormed quite a lot that, and you had some too, Um, some of our like big picture things to check in on before we go too far down the the spiral of funness. Let's see. Who have you been surprised by on this rewatch? Character-wise or even storyline-wise, I suppose? I think maybe Richard and Emily's storyline. I don't know that I ever paid that much attention to it. I mean, I mm-hmm. like I don't I I feel like I didn't pay I don't pay that much attention to their relationship until it gets further down the line where they have like really big things yeah, happen separation yeah 
but I had kind of forgotten about this fight. Um, and I was really blown away. Like, I'd never paid attention to how they make up at the Bracebridge dinner episode. And that was just, like, so touching mm-hmm. and heartwarming. And I just, lo- I, I love their relationship. Yeah. I wish we could have a spinoff, Richard and Emily, in their heyday. <laughs> I know. I Maybe I'll write that fan fiction because I've thought yeah. about that before. Like, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be so juicy. Like, the I Emily know. stealing Richard from penelin lot yes <laughs> that'd be great oh <laughs> should <yeah>. do it <laughs> mm, i'll think about it <laughs> you could write it for maybe we'll start a patreon and you could oh, write it for our patrons <laughs> and i could actually have readers <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, um i agree though i actually wrote down richard specifically but uh I was almost thinking about how I had been surprised by how mean he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it all kind of, like, becomes worth it. Like you said, I find their, like, reconciliation really touching. Um, but I think that was in the uh, debutante ball episode as well. Like, some of the stuff he was saying, like, to his lifelong partner, I just felt like he must have really been down in the dumps to be lashing out like that because it felt so unlike him. And... I don't know. I guess in the end it was good writing because it shows like how far he fell and had to like climb back up, you know, to like get back in her good graces and their relationship back on track and whatever. But other than that, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I just wasn't surprised by much else. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> which is maybe good because it's like, oh, the characters, the stories, it's all going in the way that they've like, yeah, I'm like, good job I sometimes it's good to not be surprised yeah like I was surprised by Glee all the time (laughs) but not in a great way not in a great way (laughs) like oh how did they make this innocent song into something so so offensive (laughs) yeah or anytime I like see a Riverdale episode description go by and I haven't seen that in years I'm like wait a second what (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched that since the first season Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening there I think it's best that we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Okay. I think our final big picture item to check in on before um, madness ensues. No, I'm kidding. I'm being dramatic. (laughs) Um, What are some of the important kind of recurring critiques that we've tracked so far throughout the first half of this season? There's been a few, I feel like. Yeah. The ones that are coming to my mind, and I know there are others, I just... I'm not mm-hmm. thinking of them at the moment, are, like, Rory's insistence on being nice to Tristan and being, like, his, his I don't know, like, safe space or something, no matter how much he abuses her. <laughs> and that, is think, is something from the first season that's just, like, carried over into that one episode, and thankfully it's now over. <laughs> um, I think... Along the same lines, though, is the critique that we're starting to make about Dean and kind of just like the possessiveness and, yeah, the the weird weirdness that's starting to happen in that relationship. Not that Rory is fully blameless in any of it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I feel like it's a it's an interesting line that I feel like we'll observe as we keep going about like is the show in on this with us? Mm-hmm. Like, are they pointing out that Tristan... Or, like, because, of course, 
we want there to be like bad characters it makes it interesting right but like mm-hmm. within the context of the show are they being a is the show aware that they're a bad character and are they trying to make the audience aware of that I feel like and with Tristan like most of the time I think the show was like yeah he's an asshole people should think he's an asshole maybe a hot one but like yeah <laughs> but by you know what you're pointing out about season two like that whole episode with them I feel like they kind of lost the track of that yeah. a bit and we're like romanticizing him and I think we were supposed to be with Rory and be like oh goodbye we're gonna miss you so much for like a send-off episode and I don't that's where I have the problem because I don't need yeah. my shows to be perfectly moral all the time it'd be boring <laughs> right but like <laughs> so yeah. I think the same thing is true of Dean like we'll keep track of that like are they showing like, are they representing a possessive boyfriend or are they re- th- do they think they're representing like a perfect boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also just like how much leeway can we give them for being teenagers and like true. the characters portraying real mistakes that teenagers make versus mm-hmm. like things that are actually character flaws. Right. And I think yeah. putting... Dean in that framework doesn't help him too much though because Mm -hmm. like we see him make mistakes later on as a young adult (laughs) at that point but still like sure we'll forgive people in their early 20s right I guess but like (laughs) that's good to keep in mind too same with Tristan though I think like the bad boy image is something that can be kind of like a teenage quality and I think we see that best personified in Jess yeah but with Tristan he is actually just an asshole mm-hmm. um and really not not redeemable yeah <laughs> where Jess is like he's had a hard life and he is acting out and he's not always doing the greatest things in fact sometimes mm-hmm. he does really bad things but he's still a good redeemable person I think yeah as we see (laughs) yeah I think like some of them do have the opportunity for character growth and redemption and we see it and we can track it and I think that's what's convincing to us whereas we don't see that with like Tristan or even really Dean I feel like I think they really like threw Dean on like (laughs) he was their sacrifice to make room for Jess for like an older more complicated relationship for worry so they really just like simplified dean down to like his possessiveness and they don't even give him traits anymore like this most recent (laughs) episode it was like does he play basketball no Mm -hmm. he just has one like what does he do with his time (laughs) yeah and like even later in the seasons they just kind of like redo his same character arc over and over again just making it slightly worse each time yeah because i feel like We've talked, yeah, we had, you had talked, I think, pretty, um, like, talked well about the difference between the bad boy that is Tristan and Jess, and I feel like we'll see that later with Logan, too, of, like, mm-hmm. they make room for character growth for him. He starts out, like, very much the privileged asshole, like Tristan was, in different ways. They're not identical, but, like, then they go somewhere different with him that they didn't really do with Tristan, I don't think, mm-hmm. but... I still see so many TikTok, like, edits of Tristan and stuff like that. And I guess I'm not that much better because I just made one about Logan. But, you know. (laughs) 
maybe yeah. i think it is better in my mind but that's my objective my objective <laughs> my subjective opinion <laughs> well this is our podcast so we are the authorities <laughs> mm-hmm. just kidding yeah <laughs> send us your thoughts um, yeah <laughs> so what were some of the critiques did you have other critiques oh, that you've yeah, been yeah, thinking yeah. of i just got so off track i didn't remember <laughs> what you're talking about um i continued to think about like we're just collecting even more observations of the like poor taste jokes mm-hmm. that are kind of like to me I was trying to describe how it feels to like watch and wait for that and it's like it's like you're in a garden with all these beautiful flowers and then there's bees and you're just on like <laughs> constant alert of like is there gonna be a bee and if there is a bee it like stings you a bit but you're still in this beautiful garden you know <laughs> Can and we change is, it to yeah. wasps? Yeah, yeah, because the wasp just keeps on singing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it's like to be, like, watching an overall fantastic episode and then have, like, Kirk make a homophobic joke or something. Yeah. And it's just, like, you're still in it, but you're also kind of taken out of it. And I feel like if you're a viewer and it's a joke made at the expense of, like, your particular identity, you know, that's even worse and you might be taken mm-hmm. out of it so much, like... Yeah, so yeah. I don't yeah, know like, what else to say or do about it, but... <laughs> I know, and I feel like it's partly just a product of the time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure like 20 years from now, people will be critiquing shows that are coming out right now for similar things because humans continue to progress, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like one of the worst for me is just like the like blatant fat phobia that's in mm-hmm. this whole series. And that's actually something I do want to write about kind of mm-hmm. referring to a pre-airing conversation we were having Ooh. was is like the the different um, symbol symbolism of eating on mm-hmm. the show and who gets to eat and who has to restrict their eating. Yeah. And what that means about your character. Right. And and when they're like depicting disordered eating Mm -hmm. are they making it seem like oh this is a bad thing the character is doing or are they just kind of naturalizing it and not calling attention to it because like Mm -hmm. they show Michelle all the time but then they also kind of have like Suki or Lorelai there making jokes like oh you shouldn't have to count blueberries you know Mm -hmm. whereas as you pointed out the scene with uh, Madeline and Louise like I barely even noticed that they were counting their chips because I was just focused on like oh the fun banter they're having and it's never it's just like a thing that's just ingrained in their like little lunchtime ritual that could be harmful or dangerous if you're just a young person Mm -hmm. watching that you know and thinking like oh should I be counting my chips as well if I am want to be like Madeline and Louise I don't know (laughs) yeah it's true I don't remember exactly like where I mean I know like that kind of stuff will continue to come up for us for critiques mm-hmm. and I guess the stuff with like the boys and that are definitely still part of the rest of season two so we got more to say about that yeah and the the final thing to say is that to point out the obvious the show is still quite white <laughs> and <laughs> very heterosexual which they yeah. keep trying to like impart on Michelle and it's ridiculous each time <laughs> yeah it's I just it's just so unrealistic <laughs> mm-hmm. like I mean there are so many things about Stars Hollow like that we 
I mean, we have our Stars Hollow moment, which is talking about kind of the fantasticalness of Stars Hollow. And you can't help but think that part of the fantasy of Stars Hollow is that it's a white heterosexual neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that that might be like taking it a bit too far, especially for some like some people and maybe that wasn't a conscious choice but as we Mm -hmm. said before like the longer you go without making the opposite choice the Mm -hmm. more that original choice or thing becomes a choice so yeah that reminds me I was just watching there's a person who posts on TikTok about Twilight I can't think of her account name but she like posts quite a lot and she was just um discussing like Stephanie Meyer's kind of like racist depiction of the Quilliet tribe and Mm -hmm. Jacob um, and how she made all Native Americans like shapeshifters into wolves and stuff like that and she was responding to someone who's like oh it's not that deep you know or like you know it's just a book and it's like well (laughs) that's not the case (laughs) and maybe it was not a conscious decision on Stephanie Meyer's part but like and she made the point where she's like I think these books are good so to that point, they can help like stand up to literary analysis and these yeah. conversations, which is exactly what we're doing. We're like, this show is fantastic, yeah. which is why it's worth thinking about its parts, yeah. you know. Media <laughs> is a representation of culture. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what we spend all of our time thinking about. <laughs> yeah. So but why pay people in the arts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. If you want to, you know, progress in the world, obviously you have to critique your culture or you'll never you'll never find things to change and one of the best ways to do that is through looking at media and what we choose to represent thinking of things that we would maybe do differently did you think of any sort of alternate ideas or timelines or stories for this first half of the season you know like my Rachel and Luke and Lorelai (laughs) Thruple of last season (laughs) yes I jotted down two and Mm. I'm kind of excited about them so (laughs) the first one refers to just last week's episode which um is for Lane Mm. Instead of joining cheerleading, or maybe after she joins cheerleading, if she decides it's not for her, yeah, I want her to join the theater club as a tech, specifically oh, as part yeah. of the light crew. <laughs> and I feel like From she would closet. just yeah, she would just blossom. She would because part of like working on the lights for shows is cueing it with music and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like yeah. that would also help later in Hepalian. Yeah, yeah, and she would get like. She'd be doing an after-school activity, so Mrs. Kim couldn't be too mad, although maybe she would have thoughts about theater club. <laughs> maybe depends if they're putting on Rocky Horror or not. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If they're just putting on Fiddler on the Roof again. Over and over, it seems. <laughs> yeah, which is a traumatic musical, but mm. not in the same way as Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, I think she would, I think she would really blossom she'd make some great friends because theater people are notoriously weird and Mm -hmm. backstage people I feel like are there's like two different kinds of weird that show up in theater clubs there's the (laughs) performer weirds Mm -hmm. and then there's the background weird people who are often like into weird occult stuff or like (laughs) uh 
different, I don't know, subculture type things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she would fit right in there. Yeah. And she'd learn a lot a of weird things. <laughs> oh, I like that. I actually <laughs> was thinking of like an alternate storyline for Lane as well. It's less innovative. It's more so like identifying something they haven't really been pursuing, which is Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I hate true. to think all about the romance, but I think Lane deserves a good romance by this point. Like yeah. Rory's had, you know, this whole Dean thing. I think Lane deserves like a relationship in particular because like what if it was like her and Henry explore things and then she gets to explore things with Dave and then maybe Zach if she has to, I guess. But like <laughs> I just feel like they didn't really they set it up so well and then they haven't really pursued it. We haven't seen anything from them except those like phone calls a while back. And I think the like the reason they wrote in of her not being sure if she'd like him if her parents found out because they would like him. I think that was valid at the start, but now that she's been talking to him, she knows she likes him, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just kind of a cop-out in terms of the story writing. Like, they maybe just didn't want to add it to the slate. Like, maybe yeah. they had too much going on, so they chose not to pursue the lane thing. Um, and I love Dave later on, and I'm looking forward to that. But I just feel like her and Henry would have been... Yeah. Like, he seems like a great guy from what we know of him. And he's at Chilton, so maybe... That could have brought Lane more over into the Chilton space. Like, that's yeah. true. I feel like it would also give Mrs. Kim some fun lines later on in the yeah. seasons where she mm-hmm. could compare every boy that Lane <laughs> dates to Henry. That'd be a really good running bit. Like, he's yeah. no Henry. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like um, Zach kind of ends up being compared to Dave. Mm-hmm. they're such different characters but yeah i feel like henry would have been mrs kim's like ultimate pairing for lane yeah a golden boy <laughs> yeah that would be fun yeah i agree mm-hmm. i feel like lane is lane has kind of gotten the short shrift in this whole season so far i agree which is disappointing that's just yeah. like Maybe our sign of what would be to come of the revival, which just I can't even think about. I'll see flames if I think about <laughs> how they use Lane in the revival, which was oh not at all. <laughs> I don't even remember. I think I blocked it out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I was listening to the Gilmore Guys recaps, I believe they totaled the amount of time she had each episode, and it would be like a minute, like yeah. maybe. And they were it's like ridiculous. over an hour practically. <laughs> Same with Suki. I know that that was probably At least like, she was busy. Yeah. You know, we know Melissa McCarthy is like off doing blockbusters. Like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Once we get there. Okay. So my yeah. other alternate universe was Rory is still at Stars Hollow High. So she decided never to go to Chilton. Oh. And Jess still moves there. Hell and yeah. She I'm ends sold up- already. <laughs> She ends up in an English group project with Dean and Jess and then some mm. other random person. And then we get like a whole like five episode series of the drama that ensues from that. <laughs> I love that. Because Dean would just like continuously be lost in their discussion, I feel like. And jealous. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Also in this universe, I feel like Rory and Jess would have gotten together much sooner. Yeah, I think so. 
especially to be like in school and see Dean and Jess side by side you know Mm -hmm. like imagine just being in class with them although I guess I don't know how much Jess really would talk in class but like if he would you would like Maybe they have to do peer review of of essays, and she reads Dean's and she reads Jess's, and yeah. then it's like, okay, <laughs> sure. I know who wins. <laughs> I imagine Jess is kind of like um, Heath Ledger's character in Ten Things I Hate About mm-hmm. You when he just like walks into class, asks what he's missed, and then just takes off. <laughs> oh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> Did you have any other uh, alternate universe theories? Not really. Not, yeah, no, but I really enjoyed yours. <laughs> I'll think about that. Like, what, how would everything change if Roy stayed at the high school? I feel like it's a really good question because yeah. it easily could have happened, you know? Like, she was really on the fence. Yeah, maybe she would have gotten a job at Dosey's also. Oh, God. Why does she <laughs> never get a job? Everybody else gets jobs. She never. Did she ever even work in a summer? No, the only time she does that, like, uh, young politic type thing with Paris, I think maybe after this season. But I, Oh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't, she, like, talks about getting summer jobs, but I don't think she ever does. How is that possible? <laughs> I'll give you one answer. <sighs> Family <Yeah>. wealth. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe Lorelai is just taking out that those loans so that Rory can have pocket money. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> like just not not wise at all. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> let's continue. We are, let's sprinkle in some of our fun questions now. Okay, I have one. So, if you were to go on a three day road trip, specifically three days, because I feel like that's just enough time to really start to get annoyed with the person you're with. Would you want to go with Kirk, Rory, Lorelai, or Babette? I thought about this one, and I'm pretty firm in my answer, which is Rory. Okay. Because (laughs) I think Rory would have, you could have fun conversations with her, you know. She's like the mini version of Lorelai. There's plenty to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, She's read a lot, you know, all this stuff. I think she'd have fun music to play, which is important in a car ride. But then the key de- the key decision for me was that Rory will also, like, read. She'll be quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, That's we true. can have quiet time, which is important after <laughs> three hours. I don't think Lorelai or Kirk would give me quiet time. I have yeah. a feeling Babette wouldn't either. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think Rory for me. <laughs> I am inclined to agree. My second choice would be Babette. Because mm-hmm. I feel like she would fall asleep pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that would be ideal. <laughs> Lorelai, I think, would be one of the worst car road trip buddies because she wouldn't mm-hmm. ever plan anything. She wouldn't have a map. She'd just have, like, a stash of drunk food, leave the trash everywhere in the front seat. She'd want to stop at, like, the world's largest, like, crayon you know yeah. or something like that I'm just I'm but I'm much more of an orderly kind of car yeah. trip person I'm like let's get from point a to point b <laughs> yeah agreed I'm not great with road trips I like I would like going on them by myself mm. but with other people I just get like overwhelmed by voices and cars and stuff it's just too much <laughs> yeah okay this is a question for you okay um 
What show <laughs> would you like to see have a crossover episode with Gilmore Girls? Uh, like it could be at the time it was airing or it could be kind of like a posh, posthumous, posh, posthumous, however, it could it, it could break the timeline of it all. I was just thinking because there's like a new girl in Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover episode. There's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before and it's kind of a a cheat, mm-hmm. but I would do a Supernatural and Gilmore Girls crossover. Mm-hmm. And so Dean is actually Sam from yeah. Supernatural, but he's been undercover this whole time because there are oh. monsters in Stars Hollow and he has been scouting them out. And that's why he's so boring is because he's been <laughs> having to try and figure, like, come up with this Oh, yeah, alternate can't catch character. attention. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> I was actually thinking of something along the same lines of I feel like there's a lot of actors on Gilmore Girls that went on to be in other major shows. So like Supernatural, <laughs> One Tree Hill, The OC. Like, so it'd be I think it would be very fun for there to be a crossover episode where like it's not Tristan, you know, it's whatever that one guy's name is. Or if we're breaking the timeline, like Lauren Graham is on Parenthood. Oh, and, like, The Sister of the Traveling Pants, too, which is starring Alexis Bledel. Like, I think the character Carmen in that goes to Yale. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's potential for, like, some crossover of, like, using the same actors that yeah. I think could be wacky and fun. <laughs> I also, you just mentioned New Girl, and that would be fun mm-hmm. also. I imagine, like, it being around the time of the revival and Jess and mm. Rory are friends. Oh, I um, could see that. And Jess comes in and like causes some havoc in <laughs> Rory's life. Although Jess still has her life more together than Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> which was such a disservice. <laughs> Thinking of another show with girl in the title Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because Blair's dream is to go to Yale. And she even makes a comment that's like I'm I'm such a better fit for Yale than that Rory girl or whatever in the show and so I don't know something along those lines uh, unfortunately Blair never goes to Yale Rory does but um I think I could, Logan would fit in with the Gossip Girl crowd more than anyone yeah. else though <laughs> I could see Rory dating the what's his name the oh you think guy? Dan da- yeah Dan yeah, yeah and they would be both like insufferable yeah (laughs) being like so condescending about the rich people yeah they'd be like off in brooklyn doing their whole writer thing complaining Mm -hmm. and then it's like they're all like having the same amount of wealth as the other people who live in the upper (laughs) is it west or east side i don't remember must be upper east upper east side i think I think so. Hey, all you Upper East Siders, Gossip yeah. Girl here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have never been to New York City, so. I've been one time. I feel like I'd be a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> I was. <laughs> okay, I think this is one that you had picked, but what, if you were re, recast, or casting a reboot of Gilmore Girls, who would you pick mm. for the main characters? This was one I was like, I wrote it, but I don't know if I have an answer to it. Um, I was thinking about Rory, though. And 
in general, I think my my recasting would be like entirely colorblind. I feel like that would be a way to shake things up. Um, and I was just kind of rewatching to all the boys I've loved before. Have you seen um, that? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, I think the main character who plays Laura Jean, um, I think her name is like Laura Connor. Connor, I don't know. I think she'd be a good Rory. It's not gonna make sense if you haven't seen it. Then my bad. I'm look up <laughs> what? Oh wait, I think maybe I have. I've at least seen trailers for it. Okay, yeah, I agree. She'd be. Yeah. A good. In Rory. the and in the show, she's kind like, she's a little on the like Shire bookies side. But she is also, like, not just that. So I think she'd bring, like, the right stuff. Like, we need Rory to be kind of like a, like, the bookworm who's not, you Mm -hmm. know, as outgoing as Lorelai. But she still has, like, life and gumption in her, you know, like, is funny. So, yeah. And I think an older, this might be too old for Lorelai, but if it was later on, um, the, did you see WandaVision? Yeah. The who who's the oh. girl who plays Agatha? Yeah, is that gosh. is that her name? Yeah, she's in so many like great comedies. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like she has like she even looks like Lorelai, but she could have Lorelai energy. Yeah, <laughs> she can do the talk fast, fast talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I would cast Luke as the guy who plays Hopper in Stranger Things. Oh yeah, that's good. I guess he's probably now about the same age as Luke was, like, towards the end of the season or mm-hmm. series. He's probably, like, in his early 40s or something. And it would be nice for him to have a role where he doesn't have to go and fight, like, monsters. And I know. He was like great chill. in the Black Widow movie. I liked that. This question was too hard in the end. I know. I feel like if I was actively watching tv or something i would have a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. i'll try and keep notes we should come back to this question at the end of the season and like take notes throughout we'll come with a plan i'll be like we've cast this and we can compare who we cast (laughs) yeah that's a good idea (laughs) okay this one is for this is kind of a selfish question because speaking of tv we're watching i'm currently re-watching the vampire diaries and it's just started me thinking about like the kinds of characters how in not just vampire diaries but in twilight and etc it's like oh that person is like a werewolf or that one mm-hmm. is a vampire you know it's like an energy almost like you're like <laughs> your sign or your myers briggs or whatever so yeah if this was a fantasy world and the characters all had to be vampire werewolf witch etc like what do you think the rundown would be of some of like the main characters So I did think about this a little bit. I think that Rory and Lorelai would be witches. And Mm. I'm kind of thinking in terms of like Charmed and the Charmed Mm. reboot show. Because I feel like often with witch-centered shows, of course, witch is now like kind of a gendered term. So it's usually about women. But I feel like it's also usually a family of women and like a matriarchal (laughs) Uh, kind of line which I could definitely see with Emily being oh the yeah top like matriarch. the supreme witch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome that'd be so cool mm-hmm. and then they have like creepy seances and stuff <laughs> yeah um I think Jess is an obvious werewolf yeah 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> easy. <laughs> easy. Tristan and Logan, both vampires. Yeah. I feel like. They've Dean, got that, though. Like, perfect skin kind of thing. Is Dean just a human? <laughs> yeah, he's like the hapless himbo human mm-hmm. who, like, yeah. <laughs> is all of a sudden fed on by a vampire or something and then, like, has to be saved by the witches and then he finds out about things and then he kind of comes along for the ride but never knows mm-hmm. what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think I would see Luke as a werewolf, too. Yeah. Kind of like him and Jess. That would make sense. Yeah. Like a family connection. Yeah, and I think of them as, like, true blood type werewolves, you know? Mm. I'm less familiar with True Blood. Oh, that's a good show. But they're more, like, less, <clears throat> less like, Vampire Diaries type werewolves. They're more um, kind of the gritty, not necessarily just angry, <laughs> mm-hmm. rage-filled people, but, like, gritty, um, usually, I think in True Blood, there's, like, associations with, like, bikers and stuff like that biker bar type Mm -hmm. ideas visions (laughs) cool i think madeline louise would be vampires but i don't know if paris would be a vampire or a witch do you think i don't know what's i feel like she'd be something completely different all on her own what are their options are they she'd be an archmage or something like that Ooh, fancy <laughs> i see madeline and louise as vampires like from underworld do you ever see those movies Mm-mm. they're like um especially in the first underworld they live in covens but they're all like in a big mansion wearing like slinky leather outfits and stuff. Oh, that's fun. Like, drinking (laughs) drinking (laughs) goblets of blood. That's definitely... Especially Louise, I think. Yeah. I feel like vampires are often portrayed as, like, like associated with, like, excess or, like, Mm -hmm. along with the whole drinking blood thing that they're just, like... They have large appetites for many things that are not just blood, like, you know, (laughs) lust and items and power and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're Edward Cullen, and then you're just, like, so obsessed with righteousness. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, I feel like this would be, you know, like that book, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which, by the way, is a mm -hmm. terrible book. Don't ever read it. (laughs) Don't read it. Okay. (laughs) But I like the idea of, like, it'd be a great fan fiction, I think, to write with just the characters of Gilmore Mm. Girls and with all these fantasy yeah i feel like we almost just through randomly categorizing them like almost came up with an actual like cohesive way of like the we got the witches we got the werewolves and the vampires it's like oh it actually could be a thing (laughs) yeah nice we've got the world built we just have to write yeah (laughs) so now we need to do richard and emily while young rory at stars hollow high and now the fantasy world like we gotta get right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Okay, we probably we have... have a few more questions or a couple more time, but time for a couple more maybe. So here's one that you came up with, which is um, if you had to time travel and spend a day in one of the episodes of the first half of the season, which would it be? And my question is, do you have to do all of the activities that they do in the episode or can oh. you just be like in the 
town at that point. <laughs> I think I was thinking that you'd be like experiencing what's going on. Yeah, because otherwise you could just go to Stars Hollow at any point, you know. Yeah, I would obviously go to the Bracebridge dinner episode. Mm. <laughs> but when I, if I didn't have to partake in all of the activities, I would actually go to the debutante ball one because Stars mm. Hollow is all like decked out in their fall foliage and stuff. And it was really oh yeah, nice. that's a good point. But I would love to be at the Bracebridge dinner. That'd be fun. <laughs> I was thinking about that too, just because it seemed so like fun to participate in. So there's a follow-up question, because I had another question about the Bracebridge Dinner. So if we agree we're going to go to the Bracebridge Dinner, if you had to pick any four Gilmore Girls characters to go to dinner with, kind of like that classic question of like, if you could have dinner with anyone living or alive, who would it be? This is only Gilmore Girls edition. And they can be from any time of the show, I think. I think I would pick Richard and Emily, not necessarily when they're fighting, but because I feel no. like they could really carry the conversation and I'm oh, not, a, not a great conversationalist in situations like that. So I feel like that would help. I'd probably mm-hmm. also pick Jess because we could talk about books, although we don't really have the same taste in books. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Kirk just for some humor. <laughs> Who would you pick? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking Lane... Because I think she'd just be a fun friend. She'd be good energy to have there. Paris, who would be kind of like more intense energy, but I would still like to meet her, you know. (laughs) Emily. And then I was on the fence between, if I was trying to keep it to season two, I'd probably pick Jess. And then I would also get to see Jess and Paris together. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted them to have more scenes, you know. Or selfishly, Logan, of course, you know. Could do a little (laughs) flirting over dinner, hopefully. (laughs) yeah that would be fun fun to watch Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) if you were at the Bracebridge dinner and you were told that you had to come in costume how would you dress up (laughs) I don't even know like what what was the appropriate attire I think I would probably come dressed up like something similar to what Rory wore for um her Romeo and Juliet (laughs) performance I don't think like something about the dress where it has that like I don't know I'm envisioning also like what they wear in like Outlander in the early on stuff like I don't know something like that century stuff yeah maybe if I'm friends with Rory I could ask to borrow like what she wore or something (laughs) I'm I would go by so if we go by any of the time periods that they named (laughs) which was many yeah (laughs) I would dress like a Victorian. Um, have you ever seen Gentleman Jack? Yeah. I would wear one of her outfits because they're just oh, great. yeah. Because I hate wearing dresses. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I could wear that. And I want a, a top hat. That would be awesome. <laughs> it wouldn't fit with, you know, the actual semi- medieval early modern aesthetic well, that they end up right with. in really <laughs> yeah but it would be 19th century <laughs> maybe my final question will be since it's kind of thematic um the, you know we talked about one of the major storylines being Jess arriving and moving in with Luke so mm-hmm. if you had to move in with anyone in Stars Hollow who would it be because I don't think I would pick Luke if I had to sleep on that air mattress yeah, and share seriously. that like 
studio apartment with him. <laughs> yeah. I think I would choose Suki. That was my choice, too. <laughs> it just she'd seems, cook for you. Yeah, she'd cook. And, like, her place always looks clean, like, mm-hmm. cozy also. And I, f- I feel like she'd be a good roommate, too. Like, yeah. really pleasant and supportive to be around. Yeah. A roommate can really make or break a living situation. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd also be fine with Jackson being there. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be weird, like, once they like officially move in together i always think it's weird to be like a, th- a third unassociated unassociated person living with a couple but for some people it mm-hmm. works yeah but i'd be fine with them while they're dating mm-hmm. <laughs> well we hope you've had fun listening to our <laughs> concise reflections and our ramblings of yeah. these like fun different hypotheticals and like i said feel free to like jot an email to us if you had a different answer to any of this um and we will be back in about two weeks after our own little summer break (laughs) to finish recapping the rest of season two and don't forget to rate and review us we'll post maybe some of these like more outlandish questions on our instagram or something so you can that'd be fun come and talk to us there um so follow us on instagram and tiktok and yeah send us emails and Mm -hmm. Uh, see you in a couple weeks or yeah. hear, hear from us in a hear couple from weeks. You. <laughs> yeah, hear from you, talk to you soon, two weeks, yeah. etc. Still need to sign off. <laughs> yeah. If you have any ideas, please tell us. Please tell us. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. <laughs>